Blog Talk Radio. Glad more, fearless, Diva Talk Radio. Welcome you to Diabetes Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Divabetic, and I'd like to empower you to manage your diabetes with confidence, knowledge, and inspiration from Fantasia. My guests tonight include the Charlie's Angels of Outreach, poet Lorraine Brooks, Divabetic fashion and style advisor Catherine Schuler, Mama Rosemarie, and Cindy from New York. Tonight, we're talking about labels from designer and nutrition labels to the labels we assign to ourselves as well as others. Labels are a part of life. We use them to tell stories so we can better understand ourselves, but oftentimes labels could lead to confusion, branding, and shame. Medical research points to the fact that consciously controlling your thoughts is one of the best ways to detox your brain. It allows you to get rid of those toxic thoughts and emotions that can consume and control your mind. We're encouraging you tonight to look at the way you use labels in everyday life so that you can harness the power of words to improve your health. We're choosing to spotlight Fantasia Barino tonight at the request of one of our Diabetes Late Night listeners from Detroit, Michigan, Trina wrote in, Mr. Diva Bedick, can you dedicate a show to my favorite diva, Fantasia? I love her voice. I love her style. I love her attitude. I'm a single mother, too, and Fantasia inspires me with everything she's been able to accomplish. Well, guess what, Trina? Tonight we're playing songs from all four of Fantasia Barino's albums, courtesy of Sony Music. And since you didn't tell me which one was your favorite, we're just going to have to play them all. (laughs) And I really loved listening to her music. I wasn't a huge fan of Fantasia before we started researching the show, but all month long I've been listening to Fantasia, and I just have to tell you listeners, like Trina, I've become a huge fan. So take a listen to some of Fantasia's music. I'm sure you will enjoy it. Um, Now, do you have a favorite diva who inspires you to glam more, fear less? Well, if you do, you could send me your request, like Trina did, to mrdivabetic at gmail.com. We agree with Trina. Fantasia is inspiring. She's overcome many labels in her life in order to live out her dreams. She was labeled a high school dropout, a teenage mother, and functionally illiterate before being labeled the winner of American Idol in 2004. Fantasia is a wonderful example why we should all think about the person or the contents behind the label. Carl Jung says, everything that irritates us about others could lead us to a better understanding of ourselves. 
My good friend High Voltage, the founder of Energy Up, encourages people to retrain their brain with positive thoughts. To do this, she recommends saying positive affirmations out loud to yourself every day. My favorite Voltage affirmation is, I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm the best, and I deserve the best. Now help us continue to bring you the best in diabetes empowerment and donate today at divabetic.org. Your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated. Sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh a little, learn a lot with Diabetes Late Night. Fantasia Barino is our inspiration, and she says that when she gets up on stage and sings her song, she wants to encourage you and everybody else that's going through it to know that they could come out on top. Let's take a listen to this song. That's Even Angels by Fantasia Barino. And tonight we're talking about labels. You know, labels could cause a lot of confusion, or at least they do to me. Size labels are different from one designer to the next. You really never know what size you are uh, because most of us have a closet full of different size clothing. (laughs) And we're all one size. How confusing is that? Plus, food labels love to say they're organic and natural, and those words have lost their meaning completely. And is there really any difference between sugar-free and no sugar added? Well, coming up, I'll be talking to two experts, one on fashion and the other on food, to get the real deal on the meaning behind these labels and help us kind of navigate our way through the confusion or the chaos regarding labels. And when it comes to diabetes, it could even get more confusing. Are you really a type 1 or type 2? A lot of people think they're somewhere in between. And a lot of people who are living with diabetes don't even like to be labeled a diabetic. They prefer to be called a person living with diabetes. So labels are all around us, and I choose to love one label in particular. And I'm going to hit my drum roll to tell you what that label is in a second. I'm sure some of you could guess, but... What's my number one label that I choose to love and embrace every day? Well, it's (laughs) divabetic. And I love to label people who are raising their voice to help prevent a diabetes complication from occurring, uh, diabetics. But I actually think my inspiration, Pat LaBelle, said it best when she said, "Everything I do, I do. Everything I do now, I do. I do it proud. I am a diabetic." So Pat LaBelle is encouraging you with the label of diabetic to take on your diabetes and a glamorous, fearless diva attitude. I love that. You know, every diva is a light shining for the world to see, and Fantasia's song, Lighthouse, captures a wonderful spirit of divabetics everywhere who openly talk about their diagnosis. The one thing I've heard for the past eight years at all our outreach events is people come in the door, meet our team, meet other women and men living with diabetes, and say they're no longer alone. And I feel like if you're shining that light that strong for the world to see your help encouraging us to form a community and show the world that there is a community of people living with diabetes who are living well with diabetes so let's take one more listen to a very inspiring show uh, song by fantasia before you meet all my guests on tonight's diabetes late night
Katrina. I hope you're enjoying that because I just played three back-to-back Fantasia songs all in the first five minutes of Divey's Late Night. I've never done that before, people, but I was very inspired by this music, and I was so happy to hear from Trina, one of our Facebook friends. If you want to friend us, just go to Facebook and, and write down Diva Bedek. I'd love to hear from you and love to hear what motivates you and inspires you. I know someone who inspires me every day. I'm so proud to be able to work with her on a month-to-month basis. She's my first guest. I consider her the mistress of the spoken word. She's never confusing. Instead, she's often infusing words to help inspire others. Please welcome poet, TV host, and jewelry designer, Lorraine Brooks. Thank you, Max. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing on this cold night? I'm doing well. I'm staying warm. Thank you. Does the winter ever get you down? Uh, no, I was born in December, so I'm really a winter person. I actually prefer the cold to the heat. Oh, well, I'm born in August, so I'm a summer baby. <laughs> I'm going to be labeled the opposite of you tonight. Okay, now, you know, I'll take that. Uh, did you ever watch American Idol? I do. You know, I watch the um, mostly the tryouts because I think they're very funny and interesting. And I didn't really watch the show, but somebody turned me on to Fantasia because um of her background she she had a lot of difficulty in her early life and i know somebody who went through some similar things and really could relate to her and they told me about fantasia and i started listening to her and listening to her music and yeah i'm a big fan now yeah i mean she's got four incredible albums the last one side effects was nominated for several grammys uh she didn't win any but i mean every album i think she's come out with has been nominated for grammys and Get It Right, the first song we played tonight was from that first album. So if you like mm-hmm. that kind of throwback, old-school jam, definitely check out that album. I will. All right. Well, you know, we're talking about labels tonight, Lorraine, and I was just curious to know what labels you like and which ones you might dislike in life. Oh, boy. Um, well, it's interesting what you said about the type 1 and type 2 and type one and a half thing. Um, I, I don't know. I'm still confused about the whole thing, and I I think in my mind I've decided I'm not going to use any of those labels. I'm just me, and I'm dealing with the things that I'm dealing with, and um, I don't know if other people are or aren't, but I think when you put a label on it, to me that means that I have to fit in, in that definition, and I, I don't know about you. You and I have talked about this a lot, but... My life, I, I tend not to fit in any definition of anything. So when I start putting myself in a place and then I'm not exactly like that, then it just confuses me. So I try to stay away from labels altogether, to tell you the truth. Well, now just talk to me a little bit about the difference between one and two and one and a half. Was this from the frustration of, of dealing with, you know, just a change in your diagnosis or just a confusion around not understanding why certain, how you're reacting to certain things? Well, I think all of the above and maybe some other stuff. I mean, I always took insulin from the very beginning when I was first diagnosed, and I never took pills or anything else. So when I talk to people about it and physicians and so forth over the years, everyone has said to me, oh, well, if you started out on insulin, you must be a type 1. Okay, but I was already in my 30s by the time I got diabetes, so then other people would say, well, then you must be a type 2. So I didn't know which one of those categories I fell into, and then someone explained to me recently that you 
can start out being a type 2, meaning that your pancreas is still producing some insulin, but you're just not using it efficiently. And then at some point, your pancreas can stop producing insulin, at which point you don't become a type 1, but you become this kind of morphing thing where you're really a type 2, but you're still insulin dependent. So I'm totally confused still. But again, I just live my life on a day-to-day basis and do what I need to do and do what makes sense for me. And I, I try not to put myself in or compare myself to other people and, you know, put myself in a box. I, I just, that doesn't work for me. Well, I think you always have the best attitude. I mean, somehow you're, you do nav- navigate your way through the chaos. And I hope people hearing that know that they're not alone if they're dealing with some of the confusion. And later on the show, we're going to be meeting Cindy from New York, who I think shares several, several uh, some of the same sentiments you do. But you know, Lorraine, it's New York Fashion Week. So everyone's talking about clothes and they're talking about parties and of course they're talking about the models. And there's a lot of labels for models these days. You could actually be a supermodel. <laughs> you could be a mature model. And then there's a term called plus size model. And I know this kind of helped inspire the poem you're going to read for us tonight. You know, it's funny. I'm all three of those things. <laughs> I'm <laughs> you super, are a supermodel. I, yeah, no. <laughs> Um, yeah, you, you asked me to write a poem uh, because you were going to be talking about labels tonight. And I started thinking about that label of plus size, which honestly I really don't care for very much. And so as I was writing this poem, I decided to write it from the point of view of what we call ourselves and kind of how that makes us feel. And so the name of my poem tonight is Plus or Minus. Don't call me plus size. Why should I be? I'm bigger than some. Some are bigger than me. A number is given to keep track of our size. And what is the difference which one I must buy? I'm not plus or minus. Don't label me so. And don't tell me into which stores I can go. If I need an 18 and you need a 3, you shouldn't be thinking you're better than me. If you need a 20 and I need a 2, I shouldn't be thinking I'm better than you. Why don't we instead embrace everyone's curves with all the respect and support one deserves? Don't label me by the disease I possess or anything else that might cause me distress. I've spent most of my life with the label of plus, and the truth is labels aren't good for any of us. Let's label shelves and file cabinet drawers and the signs on the ladies' and men's bathroom doors. A label is good if I need to explore where your office is located on the fifth floor. And I need a label when I'm shopping for food to know if tomatoes are pureed or stewed. But don't label me in my body, I ask. And don't make me wear this invisible mask. Put labels on envelopes with return address or telling me which one is lettuce and which one watercress. Because in the end, I'm the same as you are, and labels work better on bottles and jars. But even if I am not your cup of tea, don't put labels on people, and please, not on me. (laughs) 
Lorraine, you knocked it out of the park tonight. And I've Thank loved you, this Mike. poem since you wrote it. This was phenomenal. I, I, I'm blown away. I know Catherine Schuler, who's coming up, our diabetic image and style announce, uh, ad, <laughs> I can't even, advisor is probably already screaming. She's going to come out on the line in a minute. But I have to tell you, that poem, I just, it captures so many sentiments. I can't wait to share it with the rest of our community at divabeck.org tomorrow and on our Divabetic blog. What a sensation. It's so inspiring. I hope people really hear what you're saying. I, I, I know I do, and I, I hope they really connect with it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Max. And I, 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 I want to say hi to Catherine, um, but uh, thank you so much for, for asking me to do this and, and for always allowing me to, to be honest and open, and I hope that my words can help somebody somewhere along the way. I think you're helping someone feel beautiful. And, you know, Fantasia was quoted saying that her lips are big, but she feels her talent is bigger. She likes to do all types of music, and she wants her music to be encouraging, to be helpful to everyone. So let's take another listen to a song by Fantasia called I Feel Beautiful. Hey, what dress size are you? I mean, really. Have you ever noticed that when it comes to buying clothes, clothing size labels are completely off the charts? There's no universal standards. Well, hopefully my next guest, Diva Bedic Image and Style Advisor, Catherine Schuler, could help us clear up some of the controversy and confusion associated with clothing labels. Please welcome to the show, Catherine Schuler. Hey, Max. Hi, Catherine. Hi there, everyone. <laughs> now, you were just at New York. You are at New York Fashion Week as we speak, and you and yes. I just co-hosted the Full Blossom um, Face the Sweet fashion show on Sunday night. It broke history because it was the first fashion show. I'm, Lorraine's going to hate me, for, but I'm going to say it for showing plus-size fashions, correct? Right. And plus size is just really a keyword that people search for on the Internet, and it has nothing to do with anything. It's just a way to find your uh, silhouettes and shapes, and, you know, I just use it just as a guide. So, like, you use a flashlight in the dark. But do you think that, you know, as, as plus size fashion grows, do you think, you know, I know when we were doing the show on, Sunday night, you talked a lot about how you had this idea about 10 years ago when you were at Mode Magazine to do something like this. Why is it taking so long for larger fashions to be really mainstream and to be shown in, in pl- platforms like a New York Fashion Week? Well, I think the designers and the vendors and manufacturers had to believe in the customer that she was stylish, that she just hadn't gotten big because she gave up and that she still wanted to look good and she still wanted to be fashionable and she hadn't let herself go. So they had to believe in the market. And I think from what we saw uh, on the runway and the catwalk, we know that these gals are hot and confident and they're also healthy. So it's not, uh, come on, girls, get as big as you want. We have clothes for you message. It's just that some people don't, as Lorraine said, fit into 
uh, any kind of normal, uh, you know, like um, what, what some some definition uh, that society has predetermined. And it, you know, there it's the new normal. Whatever you are, you need to be healthy, and you have to know your numbers, and you have to know what's going on with your own body, and you know what what wellness with a wow is all about and glamorizing good health is all about is really listening to what works for you on a day-to-day basis and following, you know, a, a sensible, like we say, be a better eater, not a perfect eater. Get 30 minutes of exercise in. Don't go crazy trying to trying to, to compare yourself with other people and what they do and the labels that you see all in the media are about, you know, what you should, what you should do if you're someone else be the best you you can be but Catherine, let's be honest people are obsessed with sizing so you know usually mm-hmm. they they are drawn to the designer who's making the biggest garment with the smallest size in it i know right. you do you've traveled around the country do, doing bra fittings on women why is there such a vast difference between one bra and another bra that are the same size on the label well uh, part of it is the manufacturer um, their specs and also the fit models that they use for the garments and for the undergarments, they vary all over the map. So there hasn't been, as there is in Europe, a standardization push to make the woman, uh, to, to, to make these sizes match the woman a little bit more consistently because they find that when people try on a garment, they beat themselves up. They blame themselves, not the clothes. And Europe has said this has to stop. So they're trying to get standardization in so that when you try on a size 10 in any garment across the board, it fits the same way. Uh, in this country, you can try on a 10, a 12, and a 14 in different uh, vendors, manufacturers, uh, and designers, and it'll fit uh, a completely different way. And that's just because there are fit models out there who are hired, who have different body measurements. Some are bustier, some are hippie, some are, have more wasted. And that there's no, there's a lot of discrepancies. There's no standardization. So you have to really, I got three words for everyone, try it on. And if it fits, cut the, la- cut, cut the label out. Don't remind yourself that, you know, you went up to a size you know, 14 or 16 when you're really an eight. If it fits and flatters and you like the garment and it really complements something that's in your wardrobe or your style or the occasion, go for it and don't get married to the size. No, I think, I think that's amazing advice. I think so many of us get caught up in those simple little numbers. It throws off everything. Now, um, red carpet's coming. It's red carpet season. Oscars yep. are coming up. I know you have a couple of your favorites, but I want to just talk about uh, Melissa McCarthy with you for a minute because she kind of raised eyebrows and headlines when she posed on a recent magazine cover, and they said she was too covered up. She was like in a trench coat. Most of the other straight-sized models and actresses who appear on the same cover are in like low-cut tops or arm-bearing designs. What's your take on it? Well, you have to do what's appropriate for your body type. She would get slammed either way. If she showed too much flesh, they'd be like, what the heck? I mean, what did Rex 3 call her, a cow or something like that? What? You're damned if you do or damned if you don't. Same with Gabby Fivide. And, you know, when I watched the Grammys and I saw Mary Lambert and her album is entitled 
uh, welcome to the age of my body, and I can't change even if I wanted to. And listen to the words of that poem. I want you to YouTube it. It's Mary Lambert, and the the power and the passion and the pathos in her lyrics are a message to all women to stop comparing themselves and to start living their lives and really listening to what's inside their hearts and not looking for um, any kind of validation outside of themselves. It's, 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 a, it's a very, very powerful song. I can't change it even if I wanted to. Well, and you're a very powerful woman, so thanks for joining the show and being part of our Salute to Fantasia on Diabetes Late Night. Any thanks, day, anytime. Thanks, Max. All right, everybody, guess what? Coming up, I've got three of the smartest and sexiest educators from around the country. I like to call them the Charlie's Angels of Outreach. Please welcome Susan Weiner, Neva White, and Patricia Addy Gentle. Hello, Angels. Hello, Max. Hey, Max. All right, Neva White from Philadelphia. Are you, Hi, Max. Ahead? How, how uh, are you this evening? Good. I know you're busy, busy, busy because something's coming up on Saturday. What is it? Oh, yes. This is our Love on a Two-Way Street exploring issues of sexuality and diabetes. And this is our program where we really look at diabetes from a gender perspective, how diabetes affects women, how diabetes affects men, the differences, and also we, do, we delve into some of the serious issues around sexuality. Hello, and it's a free program, and we've got all the details at divabag.org. You know, a lot of people are, are going, it's so cold outside, everyone's picking up a book to read. Susan Greenberg-Wiener, you came out with a book last year that's ignited headlines across the diabetes community. Tell us quickly about it. Thanks so much, Max. Uh, my book is called The Complete Diabetes Organizer, Your Guide to a Less Stressed and More Manageable Diabetes Life. And I co-wrote the book with Leslie Josell, who is an organizing guru. And um, the book is helping people organize their lives with diabetes and their family members and loved ones organize their life with diabetes as well. And Max was kind enough to contribute to the book, which makes it even more fabulous. So thank you for mentioning it. I love it. And Patricia Addy Gentle, you and I are both fans of Shirley Caesar, the Clark Sisters, Aretha Franklin, Pella Bell, Gladys Knight, and Shaka Khan. And guess who else is a fan of their music? Who's, who would that be, Max? <laughs> I think it would be Fantasia. So I'm kicking off the hot topics by playing a song built around a, supreme, a sample of the Supreme's 10th number one hit, The Happening by Fantasia Barino for Trina. Let's hear it. Tomorrow you might hate me and find somebody new. But I think that's a perfect song for Valentine's Day, which is coming up. It's hot, hot, hot in here. And guess what, Patricia? You're first up with the hot topics. Fantasia has been labeled an overnight success, 
But we're, po- we're talking about different labels associated with diabetes self-care right now, and two of them are insulin-resistant and insulin-dependent. What do they mean, and what's the difference? Well, Max, the strange thing is insulin works, and insulin works regardless to what type of diabetes you have. And the key to treating diabetes is to keeping those blood sugars in normal or target ranges. And so for that reason, if you have type 1 diabetes, insulin is what I call required. It, there, there are no substitutions because it means the body is no longer making insulin. But when we hear about insulin resistance, it is a person who makes insulin. They make adequate insulin, and in most instances, they are making too much insulin. However, there are factors and barriers to them utilizing the insulin that they make. And so that's what we mean by insulin resistance. That's a person who actually makes insulin, but they're not able to use it. And so insulin dependence or insulin requiring means that there is no pancreatic activity towards making insulin, and the only way to treat it is by injecting insulin. So when um, Lorraine was talking earlier, we were talking about type 1 and type 2 and somewhere between type 1 and a half. Could someone slide between these two? Well, I am of the opinion that whenever a person has type 2 diabetes for a long period of time, the pancreas cells, the beta cells of the pancreas slowly deteriorate. And over a period of time, they stop acting. And so for that reason, a person who was initially diagnosed with type 2 insulin has converted to type 1 and will require insulin at that point. Um, And yes, between times there are people who still make insulin but it's just not enough and it's not enough to um, do what it needs to do in order to keep those blood sugars normal throughout the day. And so Yes, that's a type one and a half, a person who, who needs the insulin, but they're not quite type one yet, but that's the type one and a half. Okay. And Susan, I'm confused by a lot of these nutrition labels. Can you tell me what the difference is between sugar-free and the term no sugar added and without added sugar, or how about reduce less sugar? I mean, there's so many labels for telling me about there's no sugar in the product. It's confusing. You are not alone, Max. Nutrition labels are so confusing, aren't they? Um, Let me address some of those questions first. Sugar-free, if a product is labeled sugar-free, it means that there's less than 0.5 grams, which is half a gram per serving. What's the key there, Max? Serving. We have to look at serving sizes first before we look at anything else on a food label because what everything on the Nutrition Facts panel is based on is the serving size. So if you eat three servings, that's no longer half a gram of the food that you're eating. So if you eat three servings of something, multiply everything on that label times times three. So sugar-free means less than half a gram per serving. But we wait one sugar. minute. You just had a hot, hot topic for me. We just talked to Catherine mm-hmm. Schuler about there being no universal sizing when it goes to clothing. Serving size, most people would agree with me. I know this for a fact. 
that serving sizes are out of control. They don't make any sense to any of us. People don't know who is eating one single serving of two pieces of trail mix when most of us would think a single serving is the bag of trail mix. Yes, and there are new people are considering that now um, at, in in the FDA and in the USDA. They're hoping that by 2015, the Nutrition Facts label, which is the food label we're, retur- we're referring to, I believe which came out in 1990 time for a makeover, Max, right? They came oh. out in 1993. <laughs> so they, they're thinking of the well, everything we have on the food label is so confusing. Let's put serving sizes up front and on top and more uniform. So those guidelines, they're, they're considering that now, and I don't think those will be out before 2015 because um, they're just going through a lot of committee research and scientific evidence-based information right now. However, you're right. Serving sizes are not uniform. The best way to look at the best example of that are cereal boxes. If you pick up a box of cereal, and I try to tell everybody to look at the serving size on the cereal, the fiber grams, the total carbohydrate grams on the cereal. Some servings on cereal will say half a cup, some three quarters of a cup, some a cup and a half, completely not uniform. So hopefully when the new guidelines come out in the next year and a half or two years, that will be a lot more uniform. And to address your issue about eating out of a container, I usually advise people, try to take out a portion, even if it's a little different than the serving size. Put it on a plate or a napkin or whatever you're eating off of and eat that. Don't eat out of a container. A pint of Ben and Jerry's is not a serving. A whole bag of, a whole box of cereal is not a serving. Unless it's vegetables, that you can eat out of the container. Everything else, try to be a little bit more portion controlled. Okay, now I want to get back to the, I want you to tell me about one more label because we didn't get to finish this about the sugar. I know a lot of people get angry about this no sugar added label because they really feel, when we do DivaBetic Outreach, they feel like this is a great product. They can't wait to try things with no sugar added and then they get really angry at what happens when they have no sugar added products. So what does no sugar added mean? So there there are two labels to discuss here, no sugar added or without added sugar, because it can be written both ways, means that no sugar or sugar-containing ingredient like juice or dried fruit is included during processing. So that's very, very confusing. But what's more confusing, and hold on to your hat about this one, there is no such thing as low sugar. There is no such recognition of something low sugar. So if you see low sugar on anything, it does not go through the proper labeling channels. It's not defined. It should not be on the food facts label. Wow. So if you have something, so something with no sugar added could still contain sugar? Yes. If something has no sugar added, it has certain ingredients that it can contain. But the thing to look at and the most important thing to look at in terms of this content is not just the sugar, but the total carbohydrate content of the food. Because if something is very high in total grams of carbohydrate, it's containing a lot of carbohydrate, which may affect your blood sugar. However, you need to also look at, in the total carbohydrate content, the fiber content. Because if something has over 5 grams of fiber and is a higher fiber product, 
that can help you um, with your blood sugar regulation. So there is a lot to look at. I know it's very, very confusing. No, but you um, gave out excellent advice about let's get away from the label sugar and start looking mm-hmm. at a label called carbohydrates. And that, Absolutely. That was, I think that was great advice. Thank you, Susan. And Neva, I'm angry about this because I was just at the doctor's office. A lot of healthy people are being labeled as obese because when we read the BMI charts on our doctor's office walls, which I did, I am falling into the dangerously obese category. <laughs> and it seems like the more muscle I have, the the less reward I'm getting for that. Is that true? Well, that's something that can be talked about. I mean, basically, BMI is our best measure. It's an easy measure of really looking at body fat. But when we talk about the reliability of BMI, there's some issues. First of all, women tend to have more body fat than men. At the same BMI, older adults, on average, have more body fat than younger people. Now, when we talk about highly trained athletes who have a high BMI, usually that's because of increased muscularity rather than increased body fatness. So, I mean, a pound of Muscle weighs a pound, a pound of fat weighs a pound. So BMI is an indication, it's our best easy indication of of how much body fat you have. It's not the only indication, but it is our first line of information because we're actually looking at height and weight. Okay, and I know you you see a wide range of patients over at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. Have you ever encountered a patient who's fallen in between type 1 and type 2 because we're going to meet our special diva in a minute, Cindy from New York, and I'm just curious if this is more common than most of us think. Well, we do sometimes run into people that have a condition called latent mm-hmm. autoimmune diabetes, and in this condition, it's sort of when we see type 1 that surfaces itself at an older age. So it's almost as if for some reason during this person's life, type 1 has kind of been asleep, and then it surfaces as this latent autoimmune diabetes. So this is something that we see in many of our older adults who have the diagnosis of type 1 diabetes. Interesting. Thanks for sharing that. I bet you didn't know, Angels, that Fantasia Barino admitted that she is functionally illiterate and had to fake her way through some scripted portions of American Idol. She signed record deals and contracts that she didn't read and couldn't even understand. But the hardest part, she said, was not being able to read to her own daughter. I love the way she brings to life the lyrics of our next selection. Please take a listen. Maybe I didn't love you Quite as often as I could have Maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should have. If I made you feel second best, I'm so sorry I was blind. Oh, 
I love that rendition. You know, Luther's known for making famous covers like Superstar and House is Not a Home, but Fantasia definitely, I think, is a wonderful class with her version of You're Always on My Mind. I met our next diva last year at the American Diabetes Association Expo in New York, and she's been on my mind ever since because she appeared in my Serve Tasters Trash video. I'm so pleased to welcome someone who's embraced Divabetics. She's part of our big Facebook family. Please welcome to the show Cindy from New York. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Max. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining the show. We're glad to have you be a part of it. Thanks for having me. Now, we've been talking all about this type one and a half. So tell people a little bit about your story of living with diabetes. Well, I was diagnosed at 44 years old, almost 45. All of a sudden, I wasn't feeling great, went to the doctor. She couldn't figure out what was going on. Eventually, I went in because I had seen, I was, I was having some signs, which I knew from Royal Pains. For some reason, I had watched that show, and there was a diabetic on it. So out of nowhere, because I didn't have enough information anywhere else, I all of a sudden said, oh, my gosh, I think I'm diabetic. I have all these signs going on. Went to the doctor, and they said, yes, you are. Um I did something very silly, and I refused insulin that day because I was afraid of needles because I am a needle-phobic person, and it just, it was a bad thing. Um, And I ended up getting very ill. She put me on metformin, which was not the reason I was ill, but five days later I was in the hospital with advanced pancreatitis and diabetic ketoacidosis. Um, I am now an insulin-dependent. I was out of the hospital eight days later. I am an insulin insulin-dependent diabetic. I inject myself four times a day. I am healthier than I've ever been before. Um, but I, I am classified as type one and a half because I am, I have never not been insulin diabetic. You know, I have never not been insulin-dependent since I've been diagnosed. And you've only been, di- you were diagnosed like a year ago, correct? Yeah, a year ago, January 8th. And you, I mean, is it? are you amazed by yourself and what you've gone through in this journey and the fact that you were so needle-phobic? I mean, a lot of people are listening yeah. to this, Cindy, and wondering, how did she overcome the needle-phobia? How did you do that? The nurses at the hospital that I was in were absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. The, the doctor even got me to be on an insulin drift the day that I came in was amazing because I was so against anything with insulin. I, want, I was denying it. I didn't have this. I didn't need this. Um, but by the time I got to the floor, you know, out of ICU and onto the regular floor, the nurses were so sweet, and they, were, they explained it. They showed me how to do it for a day. And then they finally said, you've got to bite the bullet and just do it. Um, and I was using a syringe, which is to me, the hardest way to inject. Um, and I was just able to do it. Within the first day, all of a sudden, I was injecting myself. The needles are really small. Um, now they have nano needles, which are, I think they're four or five millimeters or something. They're really teeny. They're very easy to inject with. Um, most places that I inject, I don't even feel it. Uh, now I use a, I, I have flex pens that I use. So it's a Mm -hmm. pen needle that goes on the flex pen. It's a lot easier than trying to measure the medicine out of the vial into the syringe. All right. I just have to ask you one more time because this is so important. I hope people are hearing this. You didn't want to take insulin 
But now you're taking insulin. Tell everyone again, how are you feeling? I am feeling better than I've felt as an adult, honestly. I have more energy. I I lost a ton of weight. I'm, I gained some of it back because of an operation I had over the summer, but I lost a ton of weight. I have more energy. I can focus so much better. I, I thought that I thought I was losing my mind the fall, the month before I became. I found out I was diabetic. Um, I could not remember things. I was missing doctor's appointments. I was forgetting to eat. I, I have two teenage boys. I was forgetting to pick them up. It was bad. Wow. Um, now, <laughs> I don't miss any doctor's appointments ever. I, and I, I wasn't even able to read more than three or four pages at a time because I just couldn't concentrate. Now, I, I, I read the way most people watch TV. I read all the time. So do my children. Um, so it's, for me not to have read anything was a major sign that something was wrong. Um, but honestly, with the insulin, you, you notice it within a week. I noticed a change within a week. All of a sudden, I felt good. I mean, I felt really good. This is it, incredible. It I'm so glad you're on the show. I, I just think, I hope people are hearing how amazing you are in a year. And I hope they take to heart what you're saying. Now, you know, Cindy, I love to play games because you were at the expo last year. Yes. And um, I put my fruit suit on for you, even though this is a radio show. So um, I like to make learning about diabetes fun for everyone, but sometimes the game has a winner and a loser. Our Diva Inspiration, though, has a wonderful way of saying you have to lose to win again. So let's take another listen to Fantasia before we get into the games on Diabetes Late Night. Okay, just to clarify, Cindy, I'm not going to make you cry. That's not my intention with this game. But it is my intention with our first game, Diabetes Time Machine, to test your knowledge of diabetes history. Um, In honor of my Diva Backstage show, which is going to be making its debut later this year at the ADA Expo in Pittsburgh in November, we're going to play Diabetes Time Machine, and it's based on milestones from the 1930s. I'm going to give you three milestones. You have to put them in the correct chronological chronological order, starting with what you think happened first. Are you ready, Cindy? I'm ready, but I'm awful at history. Okay, well, that's all right. Uh, Your first one is the trampoline is invented. Second milestone. A longer-acting insulin is created. And the third milestone, the film debut of The Wizard of Oz. Put them in order. I'm going to say the trampoline was invented first, then the film debut of Wizard of Oz, and then long-acting insulin. Final answer? Final answer. Ask for, you could have one of the angels helping you out. You could have uh, Susan, Patricia, or Neva. Who do you want to ask? Um, Patricia. All right, Patricia, what happened first? Can you get the order? Okay. 
the trampoline, you were right. The trampoline was first, but then next was the insulin, longer-acting insulin, and then the Wizard of Oz. So you just you just got the last two screwed up. Okay. Kind of interesting to know, though, Patricia, that um, there are different kinds of insulin. I'm sure Cindy might know a little bit about them, but what are the different groups of insulin? Well, you have the rapid-acting, uh, the insulin that as soon, almost as soon as it's injected, the onset starts within 10 to 15 minutes. And then you have what we consider um, intermediate acting that don't start to act for maybe four to six hours. And then you have your longer-acting insulins that um, nowadays we have the insulin that is a 24-hour duration, and it actually does not have an onset or a peak. So... Um, those are the three different types. And all three help people manage their diabetes in a better, healthier way. All right. So now, Cindy, it's time for diabetes numerology game. Here's how it works. I'm going to read aloud a random blood sugar value with a related situation. Then I'm going to ask you to tell us how you would deal with this situation. Next up, the angels will discuss your solution and share some tips. Remember, if you're playing along with us tonight, keep in mind that one solution doesn't work for everyone. Check with your doctor to find out what your specific game plan should be and visit divabetic.org for free diabetes numerology game downloads or come to the Diva Better Club in Philadelphia where we play the game live and it's going to be happening this Saturday on February 15th. Cindy Fantasia is not only a singer, she's also an actress. She's currently starring in Broadway in the musical Ain't After Midnight, excuse me. But she got her start on Broadway in the starring role of The Colored Purple. So we're going to hear a little bit about that to get you ready for your game. Here we go. got my house. It still keeps the cold out. i got my chair with my body can't hold out. got my All right, Cindy, you know why we play that song? It's because your diabetes numerology game is loosely based on a film that received 11 Academy Award nominations, The Color Purple, starring Whoopi Goldberg. Your diabetes numerology numerology situation tonight is you're a blues singer performing at Harpo's Juke Joint, and your diabetes numerology blood sugar is 81. What would you do? I would have a snack. You would what? I would have a snack. You'd have a snack. What kind of snack are you going to have at the juice joint? I would something with protein and carbs so that my number doesn't go too low. Probably a little more carbs and protein, like um, an extend bar or some, some almonds. All right. Well, let's go right to our registered dietitian, Susan Weiner. Susan, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that she's really smart. Good for you, Cindy. That was that was a good answer. And you probably know yourself and how you're going to react. So if you had a blood sugar of 81, 
which wasn't very low. It wasn't below 70, but if you know that 81 might be a signal for you to go lower and you had a snack that contained healthy carbohydrates and some protein and fiber, I think that you hit the nail on the head. Good for you. And then you would test. The only thing I would ask is I would ask you to retest your blood sugar probably in another 15 minutes or so just to make sure that you're on the right track. You know, okay. that's great. And Neva, you know, when Cindy's out there performing, a lot of the entertainers think that is a workout in itself. So uh, whether you're living with type 1, type 2, or type 1 and a half, what are some of the precautions people living with diabetes should take if they're going to be exercising? I think she's there. Neva? Who did you? Oh, I didn't know you said, I didn't hear Neva. I was like, did he say my name? Well, I think one of the first precautions is you want, to, you want to monitor your blood sugar. And you want to make sure that you're eating. The other thing is because you are in a juke joint, uh, you may want to watch your alcohol consumption. I'm not sure if that's something that you would be doing, but that would be also be something that we would have to be mindful of. So Why? always because there's a potential, particularly if you're not eating, it can affect your blood sugar, and it can make your blood sugar go down. So it's very important to make sure that you're eating, that you're checking your blood sugar, and to know where you are. Because an 81 could be an 81 on its way down, or it could be an 81 on its way up, depending upon what your next action is. All right. And Patricia, a lot of people living alone with diabetes, what should they know if they're dealing with a number of like an 81? Um, as one of the other educators said, you need to know yourself and know what 81 indicates for you. Um, you know, what are your feelings at that 81? But there should always be a person, a confidant, someone near to you um, who can get to you quickly just in case of an emergency. If they haven't heard from you or if you need to summon them, you know, at a uh, short notice to say I need help or whatever, someone who has perhaps a key to your home, whether it's a friend, a relative, but someone who does not live a long distance. Uh, That's one of the precautions that someone who lives alone should always take into consideration is to find that person. Every diva needs her entourage. All right, and Cindy, for playing Diabetes Numerology Game tonight and Diabetes Time Machine and helping us raise awareness in a fun new way, you're getting a new Naturals gift basket filled with diabetic-safe, low-glycemic, tooth-friendly sweeteners, a Cabot cheese gift basket, and a wonderful gift basket from Dr. Greenfield with all these wonderful skin products that will help your dry skin stay moist all winter long. What do you think? Thank you so much. That's wonderful. All um, right. I also want to thank, I want to let people know that I could not have done this without the support of my family. My husband has been amazing the last year and a half, um, just just supporting me. He's as focused I am. I love it. That was like an Academy Award moment there. Thank you. Who? What are your sons' names? Michael and Alexander. All right, let's thank them too. Hello, Michael Alexander. Thanks for making your mom feel like a diva, all the way from diagnosis to diva. Now, do you know what? One of our favorite divas, Fantasia, played herself in a made-for-TV Lifetime movie called Life is Not a Fairy Tale, the Fantasia Barino story. The film depicts Fantasia being raped in the ninth grade by a classmate dropping out of school and becoming an unwed mother at 17. I'm sure a lot of people were ready to write her off, but guess what, everybody? Fantasia went on to win the American Idol, star on Broadway, and release four fabulous albums. Let's hear this song. It's for Trina by Fantasia Barino. Girl, keep your head up on my feet. Hey, 
right, that's that's a cue for me to welcome my last diva of the night. Please welcome Mama Rosemarie. Hi, Mama Rosemarie. Hi, there. Mama Rosemarie, the world lost one of the world's most famous babies today, Shirley yes, Temple. Yes, I, I just heard that, yes. Um, boy, she was really very popular when I was a little girl. Uh, I just... just we just couldn't go to enough Shirley Temple movies. We just enjoyed them so much. I thought she was a terrific child actor, actress. She sang, she danced, and she she was wonderful, and she had that happy smile and those big dimples, and every little girl at my age was just enthralled by her. And we all wanted Shirley Temple dolls. And uh, I think I told you about that many years ago, and you reminded me tonight that I always wanted a Shirley Temple doll, and all my girlfriends wanted a Shirley Temple doll. But it happened to be around the World War II time, and everything was very scarce. And uh, no matter how our parents looked for these dolls, they just couldn't find them. They were very scarce. So... um, we had other dolls, and we pretended they were Shirley, but we all wanted Shirley Temple dolls. And it's just a favorite memory of me, of mine. And then years later, I must tell you this, years later, one of my dear friends told me that she went on the Internet and got one, and I think we might have been about 50 years old at that time, but she finally got her Shirley Temple doll and saw her dream come true. I love that. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sharing that memory of Shirley Temple. She was quite the diva. We're going to have to do a show around Shirley. Now, what is your Mother Your Diabetes tip for this month? Oh, my tip this month is about staying dry, uh, especially in this cold weather. Not just You just don't want to wear warm clothes, but you also want to wear dry clothes in this cold weather. The quickest way to lose body heat is by getting wet, so make sure you choose winter workout gear that keeps you dry first and warm second. We were talking about labels, so maybe that Under Armour stuff, uh, clothing is great to look for. Uh, wear layer, layers so that you can peel them off as your body temperature increases. So, um, you know, especially when you're working out or as you get warmer, you could take those off. And also, especially when you're traveling, it's always good to know that you could take your clothing off as the temperature gets warmer. So uh, that's my tip for this month, and I want to wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day. And ciao for now. All right, everybody. Well, listen to, uh, check out Diva Bedek's Facebook fan page, our group pages, and check out all our videos on YouTube channel. You can see Cindy starring in one. And also, get ready for our annual fashion review on late night next month, Tuesday, March 11th. Remember, every diva and every, every dude has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. I want to thank all my guests, and thank you for listening. We're going to close the show with one of Fantasia's, Fantasia's debut singles after she won American Idol. The song became a number one on the Billboard charts. It's called I Believe. Thanks for listening.
Ever said 